Also, welcome to the Another Adventure Podcast. It's Ned coming at you live on a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Russell from the Never Ending Adventure Podcast. I'm sorry for whatever that was. Ned told me that he doesn't like to do bits <laughs> for his intros and comes in with that bull crap. I had to. I had to keep you on your toes. I, I got you oh, in a comfortable man. spot and then, and then just threw you a curveball. The edge of my seat, really. Uh, well, welcome. This is an Adventure Time podcast where we break down episode by episode, season by season, the different Adventure Time episodes. And we are on season three, episode 17 today. Thank you. And as you know, this is my first time watching through the episode and uh, ever. And this is Ned's maybe, I don't know, time. <laughs> At least yeah. see in this one, man. This one, uh, this holds a so special you like place. this one? Oh, I love yeah. this one. This is a great episode. Like... Literally, we are season three, episode 17. Um, it was just last week we even mentioned that we had had a lull kind of mid-season three, and we mm-hmm. were kind of being like, this seems like filler episodes. They seem like they're kind of doing some odd just like jokes. And uh, even in Susan Strong, you were like, this feels like they just drew out this episode even to make it 10 minutes. Yeah. And man, this one, well, it just hits the, that's fascinating. the talent of the writing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really fascinating you say that. I mean, this episode is not unique at all. It's just a classic Finn and Jake and Ice King episode. You know, Ice King (laughs) stole their sandwiches and he made giant ice armor that he can't move. He has zero mobility with. And then Finn is just like, I'm going to get, you know, I'm a brick in there. And I got the sweatshirt from Mortal Folly on, which is a great little shout out to Mortal Folly. It's a great callback. Yeah. Yeah, and and Ice King's just there, like, not a scratch, boys, not a scratch. It's my time to shine, and I, you know, I gotta say, Ice King's lines in this episode, fantastic. That being said, this is actually not your classic Finn and Jake and Ice King episode. It is, I will say, my theory that I'm just throwing in there, not theoretically speaking, but you're talking about that lull that we've had. Mm-hmm. Is it because Ice King hasn't been in any episode in the past? like 10 or 12 episodes. Like where has Ice King been? And he shows up in this episode that he's like the B plot, maybe like the D plot is Ice King. Well, they really, I mean, they really leaned into a lot of Ice King in season one and two. And I think now that the audience knows and the writers know that the Ice King isn't going to be your classic antagonist. He's going to be a very unique character I think they leaned a little off that to develop some different story plots because this, I mean, the show wouldn't have lasted as long if it was just literally episode after episode of like, what's, what's the Ice King doing? What's happening in the Ice Kingdom? Yeah. There's enough, um, of, enough of TV shows like that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It, so this, I mean, it's, it's our expounding and, and what we've said uh, multiple times through the season, it's the expanding of the Ooh universe and the Ooh world. Um mm-hmm. And indeed, this this episode is super unique, truly. I mean, the first thing that stands out to me or like maybe the best part about this episode is how unique it is and the orchestral music that just flows throughout this entire episode for these characters that don't really speak English necessarily. 
and the lighting that we see throughout the entire mm-hmm. episode. You, the use you are of a sucker fire. for the lighting, man. You're a sucker it's for so those good. like sunset scenes. Oh, and we have one. We have, well, we have a dusk scene mm-hmm. and sort of sunset. It goes from dusk to, I guess, like right after dusk when he's looking out the golem, the winter um, or ice golem, snow golem, whatever, is looking out over ooh, and he sees the snowy landscape and in the deep distance, you see the fire, like clouds of smoke. And he's like, all right, like it really goes, this is, without saying a word, this is the destination. This is where we need to get this fire pup bat to. This is where we're going in this episode. It's it's phenomenal. It's really a good episode without being anything I expected Adventure Time to do in season three. Yeah, and this is like, we've we go deep in every episode like we we go into those like adventure time here's how to get deep and all this stuff and i i think this is a full-on maybe besides like mortal folly and like the big episodes that they're they're doing some like true deep storytelling they're not just like hey let's just like um family guy style let's like throw a bunch of ad libs in a hat and pull them out (laughs) and we'll make an episode out of it um this one was very thought through and even timing-wise, I, I know you maybe don't know the full perspective, but I think timing-wise of this one is important because by the end of this season, we'll start way more in-depth talking about the Fire Kingdom. Um, oh, so okay. kind of introducing it, it's on like some sort of barrier with the Ice Kingdom. Um, but I mean, up until this point, maybe we've seen a glimpse of it, but can, I mean, this is your kind of like introduction of like, somebody going into the fire kingdom, right? Yeah, we've heard of it. We've met Flambo or Flambo. Flambo, yeah. We, we've yeah. seen Flambo, but they were sitting, you know, uh, in the ice kingdom when Flambo was with them. Yeah, and he was in uh, the other episode where they were doing the science fair and mm-hmm. he helped light, well, sort of light the grill or whatever. <laughs> Catch um, the whole thing Then we were fire. like, oh, he's extinguished. He extinguished himself. Um, yeah, it's it is very interesting. I'm I'm excited to get into the Fire Kingdom and meet Fire Princess or Flame Princess, whatever her name is. I have not met her FP. yet. FP. FP. However, Ned, I do have, and you're gonna love this. La la la. Lay it on me, Russell's fat toys. We lit this one up. <laughs> the golem first appeared. I'm I'm just I'm calling this one. This is me. Oh, I yeah. don't know why. That's good. The Golem first appeared in an animated short before the series actually came out uh, with Penn and Jake, except for they were fighting the Golem. Um, oh, and yeah. Have you have you watched that one before? I probably should have for a little it's, bit of um, uh, research before this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's funny. The animation is very crude, which is hilarious. Oh. But I, for, I had forgot that they fought the Snow Golem in that one. Yeah, apparently it went viral. I mean, this is all coming from a source that is Allie that was sitting next to me while we watched this and she was Googling it. So, you know, hopefully it's not wrong, but I'm sure it is correct. She was just Googling, you know. Um, But no, I was just like, that's such a fascinating thing. And I have a theory about that even, that if they truly fought the snow golem before, right, Mm -hmm. that would explain why we see the snow golem running to get out of like the view of Finn and Jake and Ice King whenever yeah. he comes past them, Ooh, because yeah, he doesn't want that. The he doesn't want to fight them again, or maybe he has like flashbacks to what happened before. He's like, "Oh, I recognize them. Let's get out of here. I'm afraid of humans." Whatever it happens to be, even at the end of the episode, he hides behind a bush when mm-hmm. the 
fire foxes or fire wolves come out and see him. Yeah. Good callback. Cause like, yeah, that would, that would show the fact that he does, he doesn't want to get into it with Finn and Jake and a cool, I guess the, the writers calling back like, Hey, we actually made this character. One of the first antagonists or villains, monsters that Finn and Jake, Pin and Jake fought. Yeah. Um, Pin and Jake. Yeah. But that, that they turn him into the hero in this episode. And, and I love that too. Didn't we, um, we just recently kind of talked about like what makes a hero, a hero and talking about that with um Susan Strong in Butopia. Oh yeah. How yeah, she we did. she developed her own courage and she didn't think that she could be the hero because she was looking for Finn and his hero heart or whatever. And this it's a really cool same development with the snow golem. I, mean, I couldn't remember if you um if you noticed when he's climbing the rocks in the Fire Kingdom and he has this little moment where he like clenches his fist and like looks down and like grunts at himself that he's going to do it. Susan Strong does the same exact thing. I did not catch that. So That's it's really it's cool. This, I think it is a really cool parallel character yeah. development wow. as, as uh, Susan Strong, which is awesome. That's awesome that you bring this up, dude, because I actually have in my notes that, you know, this story, we see everybody is a hero of their own story, which is the same thing with Susan Strong yeah. to a degree, right? Like this snow golem is not your typical hero in Adventure Time, um, and especially in instances such as this where, um, you know, he's facing something scary, the fire, the flames, like he should be melting. You got a real frosty, uh, the snowman scenario going on where he's trying to bring this thing to warmth into his pack and he's melting slowly the entire time. Um, but the snow golem, you know, before all of this, like, he had a very peaceful life. He was just getting acorns and pears from the forest. Um, but then when the opportunity arose for him to do something heroic to his, like in his own way, mm -hmm. he accepted that. And he, over time, befriended this monster that he probably had, a, he was a rival, or yeah, I guess a rival of, or like they don't get along, whatever Finn and Jake said uh, toward the end of the episode. And he accepted the role of the hero and in contrast, this entire episode, we have Finn and Jake, our typical heroes, like they're just helping themselves. They're just yeah. fighting to get sandwiches, man. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of neat to see the the own hero journey that is the Snow Golem's uh, adventure throughout this episode. Yeah, well, I love it, and it's, it brings up like a good point. I'm, I'm probably going to lead most of my sentences this episode with, "Hey, it brings up a good point." Um, it, it shows you that Adventure Time's not just doing that season one where the hero, the adventure is all about like a bad guy, a dungeon, a, a enemy, and we're going to go f swing swords at it. That the hero and the adventuring is through what, you know, the greater good of life, the greater good of humanity, putting others first. Um, and that's why I think that Finn and Jake are even a part of this episode is in order to juxtapose their adventure that, they spend over who knows how long they're have been chasing down Ice King and the sandwiches. Who knows how like they were obviously sleeping there overnight too. Um, yeah, and, and Ice King wasn't end, going anywhere in that. And armor. Ice King wasn't going <laughs> it, well, until they chopped it up, and which should have <laughs> been like, the first reaction anyway. <laughs> but it shows, yeah, I mean, truly that the like heroes aren't just the ones that are fighting bad guys and swinging swords and have like the boldness and the bravery to go fight it's those that have the ability to look 
after others over themselves, the greater good, even when it puts yourself in danger. Um, and I don't know, I was, it's too cheesy. I feel like everything I say about this episode is just like cheese balling, but like bring love oh, yeah. into the world and you, you know, uniting differences well, and all that stuff. It's interesting. We can even compare this to like a more traditional golem, right? Like, and this is something just research. Yeah, this get, isn't something get off D&D the top of my on head, me here. Well, so actually this is uh, of Jewish folklore, aside from golem evolving from uh, graveler, or through a trade, you know, through a we trade. We got Pokemon golems. Um, we got yeah, Jewish golems. I found that one. I found that golem fat from uh, this uh, Pokemon.com, something like that. Yeah, something um, like Pokemon. Pokemon. I love some Pokeballs, <laughs> you know, Pokey, Pokemon. Pokemon. Um, so anyways, a golem is a Jewish, is from Jewish folklore, a creature formed out of a lifeless substance such as dust or earth that is brought to life by ritual incantation and sequences of Hebrew letters. The golem brought into being by a human creator being, or becomes a helper, a companion, or a rescuer of an imperiled Jewish community. In many golem stories, the creature runs amok, and the golem itself becomes a threat to the creator. So, mm-hmm. And that's typically used as like a lesson for like God should be the only one that created life, or like humans' yeah. desire for creativity or whatever. Um, but it's very interesting that like the golem in this tale is a very helpful, very friendly going out of his way, but he's different in some ways. It, there is a diversion from the traditional golem where he is usually mindless in a sense. But in this episode, we see the snow golem make very complex and difficult decisions. And even as far as self-sacrifice to go out to the fiery like graveyard for him. That is the fire kingdom or the edge of the fire kingdom that's slowly taken over little bits of the snowy forest. Um, So it is very interesting to see the golem make those decisions, even at the very beginning of the episode where he had like little snow horns on his head. And then he made the decision, the creative decision. To put him down, yeah. To put him down. You know, he's capable of making little choices. Yeah, you're catching so much that I like, I was like, oh man, why didn't they think of that? But they're like, he had like little devil horns that like he could have woken up and chosen evil and chosen yeah, chaos yeah. that day. And he was Maybe like, no, so. I'll just eat my peaches. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I just love it. I just love that. Like there is a little bit of that, like this is a traditional golem, but at the same time, not necessarily a tr- traditional golem. It does bring up the question. If it is a traditional golem, uh, who is the golem's creator? Could it be the ice King because he has yeah. ice powers or is that a stretch? You know, I tried, I'm, I'm curious. I did try to think about that in its in the essence, and I wanted to talk about it on this episode, but was like, oh, we might be getting into too many spoilers for people Do who are in the late. I mean, no, there's not a direct answer. I've got some like theoretically speaking, theoretically speaking on it. You got to do it now. You got to do it now. Got to do it now. It's all all not listen if you name it to. No, it's it's not going to spoil anything. It's just in the sense that all the kingdoms are made up. Um, the, the main kingdoms are made up of elementals and in the candy kingdom, you see there's candy people. However, like, you know, princess Bubblegum is the one that's creating those candy people. They aren't in essence being like, uh, you know, organically grown in chocolate rivers or whatever. Um, but she's the ones that's creating them. Ice kingdom is also interesting because you, we have seen, um, like in um, the episode still, 
when the Ice King like makes a little snowman to hold Gunter's chain. So he can make those little creatures. Now, is the golem something that is, because the Ice King's always wearing the crown, something that has like a sentience? Or is it something where the Ice Kingdom, with ice being in one of the elements per se, that it has its own kind of organic sustaining life outside of Ice King's crown power. Well, even with the crown, at the end of this episode, Jake is donning the crown while he eats a sandwich, right? Good point to bring up because Adam Mudo did answer that question directly because I think people were starting to, by season three, make the connections between the crown. And Adam Mudo did say that it's the crown already has a living host. And that's why when Jake puts on the crown... Uh, even I think it was was that late season two he puts on the crown. Um, there was when a wedding, point where he put it when on. wedding bells thaw. He wore the crown for a second, and we we took a moment and paused. Um, I think and someone like, said like take it off, like or something. I can't. remember. Yeah, Finn was like take that off because it'll make you go crazy, and it didn't make him go. Yeah. But it's because so the crown won't take over anybody else if it still has a living host, um, or at least okay, so technically get into the their brain. Is already that. claimed. Yeah, 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 it's already claimed Ice King as the host. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so even though it is on Jake's head for a period of time, it would have to be probably much longer or whatever in order to slowly... I wonder, where did Ice King get this crown? Like, when did he become the king? It, I'm sure that's a huge oh, spoiler. Oh, yeah, it's, it's coming, man. It's coming. Don't Don't worry. <laughs> Your pretty little head about that. I know. It's, and and any coming. listener who's like, gosh, dang it, just talk about it. You know, it's like, no, we'll get there. Gonna, we I promise we'll, we'll get you. there. If if we talked about everything in the show yeah, right now without going through it as by episode, <laughs> like, yeah, we'd get to those episodes and be like, yeah, we've talked about this six times already, you know? Yeah, I'd rather it be a surprise. I'm really excited to get deeper into. And honestly, this episode, the next episode... After the Susan Strong episode, I was kind of feeling a little, you know, I don't know, like whatever about this season. And these two episodes really just were great Adventure Time episodes. I'm, I'm excited to record this one and talk a yeah. little bit about it. Yeah, it's it's very it's very fun. It's very fun also when we get into like my notes as I was going through this episode. You know, I have a lot that I'm I'm typically like, here's my emotions, here's the way I felt, here's like the overview of like all the little snippets. And this one, that my notes on just the episode were tiny, and then my deep thoughts were just like pouring out of me like wow. Oh, man. I was like, oh my gosh. It's just it's it instills in you so many feelings. There's so many I mean, life applications and real life scenarios, you know, that that this episode makes you think about, which is, I, this is why like, yeah, I love this episode again, just because it, I think even in season one, you were having a hard time <laughs> starting this show because you were like, it's just so weird. It's just yeah, so out there. And this is. episode doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel out there. Or, you know what I mean? No. And I'll say this as the D plot that is the Ice King, Finn and Jake, Ice King really stole the comedy in this episode. There are there is one moment that is my tops that is not with the Ice King, but mm, the Ice oh, King, aside from when he's like at the very beginning, he's like, not a scratch boy, not a scratch, which I quoted earlier. And then when they're sleeping, you know, and Finn <laughs> gets like all angsty and then he hits him with the stick and then he's like, ah, that, was that, part, that was your then, tops of the episode. No, it's not. I'll get to my so, tops in a second. No, no, no. Cause I, I love that. Cause I had a toss up between 
two tops. Okay. And I had one that was the Gollum tops. And then my same one was like Finn Van, like, meh. And then his now, sleep just like subconsciously smacking the Ice King with a stick. That's That could be my like part B tops as well, because that yeah. is very funny. And then Ice King says, an iceable vents armor. And then of course, the final like scene with Ice King is great, where Ice King's talking about, he's like, boys, or boy, those sandwiches really look cool. Sure would be really awesome to try a bite of one of those. And he goes, right on, right on. But no one responds, you know? Like he's he's so funny. And then maybe we could learn a thing or two from those sandwiches. From those sandwiches. Ben kisses them on the cheek and he's like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for kissing me on the cheek. Now, before we take our break, I did want to break down that little end scene. um, Okay. As well. You see... Now, the Ice King has the crown off, and he, like, loses his ice powers and things like that. Now, however, Ice King taking that moment and being like, we should really learn something from those sandwiches, it's kind of like he is beginning to think deeper, although he's still kind of crazy because he accidentally uses the term sandwiches. But his calmness when Finn kisses him on the head, and he just says very seriously, and they kind of end it on a series. Even though it seems goofy, it's kind of serious that, like, Simon, in his, you know, uh, acting out for attention, um, you see that human, especially when the crown's off and he's a little less yeah. crazy and yelly and uh, weird. And his little moment of humanity, I think it, it goes to show that he s- sobers out a little bit when the crown's off, calms down a little bit, gets the mad, the wizard madness kind of disappears a little bit, and so. I don't know. I just like the way that they ended it for sure. And Finn weirdly empathizing enough with him to go, I'm going to like, I see the Firefox or Firewolf. Sorry. I keep doing mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Firefox Firewolf. is a browser that nobody uses. <laughs> <laughs> I do at work for some reason. Oh, um, gross. Yeah, I know. But anyways, the Firewolf is licking the golem on the ground as he's melting um, in, a, in a puddle he's definitely using some sort of empathy to go for whatever reason. I think this is the appropriate, appropriate thing to do to my rival. That is ice King. I'm going to kiss him on the cheek. And it is a very sweet moment. Uh, again, though, before we go to the break, I will say my tops because we already kind of mentioned it. We're doing the top segment. It's 100% when the baby wolf pup spits out the pear and I makes a sucking noise and then the gold takes it to the cow and then the freaking cow's udder is being sucked <laughs> by the pup. They get the milk and the cow's just like, oh gosh, tell the me. Is, I think the, the funniest thing is the cow sounds more human than either the golem <laughs> or the wolf. He's like, no. <laughs> oh, that was that definitely was the like, tops of the episode. Oh, my tops was a close. I had to give the tops for me to the golem doing his, the whole finger dance scene where his little fingers oh, yeah, that was so are cute. singing too. And then, it, I don't know. It's just like a little bit that they did in the middle that I just, it, I, it made me smile. Yeah, but the tops. pup felt so sad. He was so sad when he lit the finger off of the ice golem and it just kind but of starts whimpering. with the fat he finger, you know? You know, Ned, I know we're going to go to the break eventually. This is just going to be a running <laughs> joke now. eventually. Um, let's just go ahead and give me some sugar, baby. My lovely of the episode Ooh, give is me the that fire sugar, rusty? wolf pup. Oh, and, mine's, mine's the golem. We, oh, okay. You know, perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. What Wise a good pair. 
Why is why was yours specifically the pup over the golem? Well, first off, I'm calling them Flipsy after the flipping dog toy from the Fairly Odd Parents for all of you oh, Fairly Odd Parents I, fans out there. I loved that episode. Uh, so as soon as he comes and he does a little flip, I just for whatever reason yelled Flipsy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's Flipsy to me forever, and um, the design of the Firewolves is just so so great. I I love the look. I love that their tongues are like that fiery orange. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's gotta be like my favorite non-Jake animal that I've seen in a little bit. I'm trying to think of other ones on Adventure Time. And it just left me thinking, like, I must get one of these for my next D D campaign. Like, I'm gonna make that my adventuring companion, whatever it is. How I'll build, I'll look into it and I'll do a build so that I can have a fire a firewall. Yeah. I thought the design of them was great too, because if you really think about it, they are living over there kind of somewhat on the border between the Ice Kingdom and the Fire Kingdom. And then when the snow golem take goes into that, there's a lot of like hardened mag like what or what do you what do you call it? Like just like hardened magma. Um yeah, I guess so. Where most Rock. of that world is, you know, know, it's it's already black. There's like lava. And like hardened magma. So when we see the fire kingdom later, it is a lot more like actual flames, lots of magma as well too, but flames and hardened magma, but it's really cloudy. It's not like open air. There's not a lot of open flames everywhere. And I think it's a cool concept that these little flame wolves almost look like little lumps of hardened magma with like Uh, lava on the inside. And so like the, the, they perfectly can coexist kind of, right on the board that many of the other flame creatures would be too cold, but the hardened magma would perfectly live on that like border of the ice kingdom, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So <laughs> getting, getting deeper, we're going to have like, uh, you're going to have a description of everything your firewolf can do in your next D and T campaign. It's going to be so great. I just love that. They just burst in the flames every once in a while. They're just <laughs> such a cute creature in this episode. Yeah. No. Ned, let's go to the commercial. Yeah, let's let's take a breather. Hey y'all, it's Stodgy here with another delicious breakfast coming from you straight out of the breakfast kingdom. It's called Pears and Nuts Breakfast Cereal. Most breakfast cereals have 2% rice or 5% corn, or even 90% of other of these things that the companies add to an attempt to pass their processed food breakfast as a food. Try a box of pears and nuts to see what all natural cereals really like. Nothing in our cereals processed. So you will see whole pieces of delicious, succulent, not at all frozen pears, and real chunks of acorn grown right here at the intersection of the Ice Kingdom and the Fire Kingdom. That's right, folks. All natural nuts straight from the tree in your morning cereal. Don't eat pears and nut cereal if you have dentures or other issues regarding your dental health. Do not eat pears and nut cereal in outdoor settings due to risk of flocking birds or squirrel bites. Eating pears and nut cereal outdoors may also attract bears and other dangerous hungry animals. Pears and nuts are not suitable for children, snow golems, or baby firewolves under 18 part of your incomplete breakfast. Welcome back from that little break. Uh, Ned, we kind of, at the very end of that, we mentioned a little bit about our lovelies and I talked about mine, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about why the snow golem is your lovely this episode. Great question, Russell. It, I did have a, a big reason why he was my lovely, aside from just being wonderfully drawn and animated and having a lot of personality with the way he walked and did motions. 
I love the fact that the snow golem is so humanized. I think that the opening scene of this episode, he wakes up, he hits his bird alarm clock, he pours his breakfast cereal, he goes to the bathroom and, you know, fixes his hair up and stuff. I think, first of all, it makes something that you shouldn't relate to insanely relatable, right? And yeah. all, all of a sudden, through the, it sets the tone for the rest of the episode that you are very empathetic to the way the snow golem feels. Because you're like, this is just a dude living his best life in the Ice Kingdom. Um, and I think that's great. I think it sets perspective on the whole Adventure Time universe, too, that there's a lot of creatures out there that are just living normal lives and that they're, they're having adventures on their own as well. But that's why it's my overall lovely is that they took something in 10 minutes and made you feel insanely connected to this character in a very short amount of time. And that's yeah, absolutely a, a, a new him. character. That's, that's a great point. I mean, I didn't even think about the fact that within the first five minutes we're invested in this guy's life. We're like, what's going on? I mean, initially as I'm watching this episode, I'm like, my mind immediately went to, he's a monster. I was like, yeah. did he take over this cabin from some humans? Is he not where he belongs? But then, as you mentioned, like, as we get going, I'm like, no, like, he's just chilling. Like, he's hanging out. He's just trying to live his life. And, yeah. you know, he was smart enough to build a home, I guess. Yeah. And and I, I love the fact that it only takes that beginning scene to embrace the humanity of something that's, like, totally not human at all. Um, and I think that plays into my my deeper, deepest thoughts and deeper thoughts and lesson on this whole episode in general is that, like, I think that kindness and empathy and selflessness are inherently part of our, like, coded human nature that unless you're psychotic, which there are psychotic people out there, we have the natural tendency to see a helpless creature and help it. And we have the natural tendency to um, want to be heroic, even if it, you know, hurts us. Like, have you ever had that moment where you like watch like a, a badass action movie and the hero like sacrifices himself at the end and you just get all like testosterone amped up and you're like, I got to go like, I got to go. There, there's something in you. You're like, I got to go be selfless. I want to go help people. And it's like inherently <laughs> coded yeah. in our DNA. Um, and this, and this totally takes that concept and that feeling and puts it in a cartoon with like stupid little snow creatures and fire creatures and taps into like, I think part of our deep, deep down human DNA, which is why this episode I think hits so deep, you know? Yeah, that deep desire to help people and to uh, destroy ice in order to rescue sandwiches is my other <laughs> yeah. deep desire that I have. Yeah, yeah, the the, the, like, the B list desire. Is the for only sandwiches. reason, the only reason those sandwiches stayed fresh is because I guess they've been frozen in ice, like they're in a freezer. That is That's, the yeah. Snow Kingdom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, like, I was man. just, oh, I was so bummed out though at the sandwiches because like we've seen Jake's like. Um, oh, of course. And Jake's like epic sandwich with the lobster soles and everything like that. And still the best ep the best uh, sandwich in the show is BMO's sentient sandwich. So have we gotten to that? We haven't I don't think to so. That That's for my viewers out there. The BMO's sentient sandwich is my favorite sandwich <laughs> of the show. Yeah. This, the sandwich they ended up eating, I was kind of like, eh, not very impressed by, 
But apparently it was good enough for them to not want to eat anything for like an entire day and just yeah. wait until they could beat a Vice King to, to <laughs> get that good but that's sandwich. But uh, that's the lesson B of this episode is that sandwiches are always worth it. <laughs> yeah, sandwiches are oftentimes worth it. Uh, my, my lesson A for this episode was that um, I learned that you should try to show empathy towards someone that you are naturally in conflict with. Mm-hmm. And so that is essentially what Vin is doing and that is when he kisses Ice King. And then also that's what the snow golem is doing. He's naturally in conflict with the wolf, yeah, firewolves, mm-hmm. just by nature, right? But by nature, because yeah. of whatever reason, you know, his ability to use empathy, as you're saying, like the natural innate thing that is and like we feel he, sorry for things and yeah. we want to help. He he goes way out of his way. And as I mentioned, like should have died there's no reason he's still alive he should have died he was on like the edge of like a volcano or something and went and got the the little wolf pup when he burned through the uh little chair chair that he was sitting on i mean there's no reason he's still alive and that was so selfless and so i'm like getting like emotional about this freaking snow globe it was it was great yeah and well and that's why like even with my because you brought up a good point that the natural like nature tendency is for those opposites to be you know in conflict with each other and that like the humanity aspect that i was talking about like encoded into your dna shows that's like the difference between humans versus like animals is that you know animals are survival instinct um oppose what's different to you fight it whatever and that that human nature again which gets us connected emotionally with the ice golem is that it's the, this doesn't make sense, but I'm still going to do it because I have this like gut feeling that it's the right thing I need to do, you know? Yeah. And that's why at when uh, he sets the ice, uh, the, the fire pup on the tree and the fire pups like shivering <laughs> and scared, he, he just decides to take it there. home. You yeah. know, well, I guess, Actually, I guess no, that's, he that's does not what leave happened. it there. Yeah. So initially he doesn't have that. Initially thought, he right. wasn't trying to help him and the fire pup. Yeah. Wow. So the fire pup shows up and his food burns all his food and he immediately feels empathy toward the pup, feels sad that it is yeah, spring right. and it that's is right. cold. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Good, good point. And maybe even with this episode, the lesson is to uh, kiss him if you have to. Yeah, go go kiss him. Go kiss him right on the the head. Right on the head. Um, Well, apparently, you know, well, what you said is that, you know, you were just getting emotional talking about it, that the writers also had the same feeling when they wrote it and displayed it and everything. So it was chosen as quote-unquote Oscar-worthy by Cartoon Network uh, and was given a sneak peek screening at the AMC 16 in Burbank Theaters um, in 2011 so that it could potentially qualify for an Academy Award. Um, So it did qualify uh, amongst 45 other animated shorts for a 2011 Academy Award, uh, but did not make the final top 10. So boo on the Academy Award uh, (laughs) nomination board or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, This did not win. That is a really cool fact, though. It is, it is. It it goes to show, like, I mean, this episode constantly will come up as one of the better episodes ever created by adventure time um there's other episodes in in the stakes mini series i think as a whole um won some emmys like some of the the daytime emmys or whatever 
But I think this one does stand apart as being very cinematically great. Like you said, the lighting's great, the mood's great, the ability to instill a feeling in you. And the last note I have, it's it's not like, it's my last deep thought, was that the major difference in this episode, I feel like, as opposed to everyone, ever, all 72, whatever we've done up until this point, is that there's not a lot of dialogue. And so you do sit with the score and the music is important, but you sit in a lot of quietness, which typically Adventure Time's just like, bloobly, bloobly, blah, blah, you know? And yeah. you're just kind of soaking it in. This one makes you really sit in quietness, which I think inherently makes you reflect on what's happening a lot more than just like getting a bunch of, you know, mumbled jargon, fun jargon, but mumbled, you know, yeah, <laughs> gibberish being thrown at you. Um, so yeah, just not even the way the characters were written, but the score and the quietness of this episode is what makes it like more powerful inherently. Cool. Yeah, and... And true, like to you, you see these creatures be humanistic in so many different ways, and even just to when the firewolves come back at the end of the episode, and you're like, "What? What's going to happen?" And they just wanted to thank the snow golem. Like they were so thankful that he went out of his way to save their pup, Flipsy, and he's. They're just like <laughs> there to like be like, "Hey, like." You're all right with us. Like we're cool with you. We get it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can can I drop a quick spoiler drop on you? Yeah, sure. Um, let's just say, without spoiling too much, that later on in the show you will get to see Cinnamon Bun riding into battle on a firewolf. No way. Yes. That's awesome. Just, just saying. So how does that's, he? Ma, ba, ba, How does he do that? How no, does he you're, ride? Asking, you're you're asking too many questions. There, they are. All, they will all be answered. He's going to be burnt. He's going to be a burnt shh, cinnamon bun. Shh, 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 hush, child. Hush. <laughs> hush. We're going. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. All Don't right. worry. All right. That sounds good. Well, I'd really love to hear all of you travelers, everyone's opinions, thoughts on this episode. I thought this was such an interesting episode. And as you said, like if it really was received that well and the community really does enjoy this episode as much as you're saying like i hit us up let us know yeah you can hit us up on instagram at never ending adventure podcast and I'm, i don't know if i'm necessarily wrapping up this episode right now but uh email us like let us know we want to do a travelers log uh segment on as many episodes as we can at nea.travelerslog with one l at gmail.com uh and actually this episode i think we might have a little bit of a traveler's log yeah, we do. We do. This is coming at you straight from the Butopia episode, which is great one. We had some deep thoughts, but um, we uh, Carl over here really had a great theoretically speaking that occurred to him. He said that in the Butopia episode, in in uh, reference to when Jake looks at the Love Globs and says, "Hey, that looks like my father." Um, that since the Love Globs are amorphous black blobs that. They're basically kind of maybe like the, um, what do you call it, Rorsak test, where they hold yeah. up like the ink blob test, basically. Um, and that Carl kind of drew, like, drew that thing that maybe Jake is going through this weird psychotherapy. Um, <laughs> that is like an ink that blob test. Great. However, Carl, I love this thought, man, that, that essentially 
that's one aspect of it. But without spoiling things for Russell and our other viewers out there, think about the episode where we learn about Jake and his stretchy powers and how that relates to his father. So I'm going to let that kind of ruminate with you for a little while and the other viewers out there. Think about that episode. Think about Love Gloves. It's a good parallel that I never thought of, but a great call out there. So Carl, thank you. Appreciate the words and appreciate you making us uh, think a little deeper on things. That's great. Ned, do you have a lesson for us for this episode? Dude, I feel like I've just been spitting lessons at everybody yeah, we don't the need to whole do time. We That's don't need fun. to get too much into the lessons, but I mean, dude, it's it's everything we recap. Just like be empathetic towards people that are different than you. Um, you know, always be open to kindness and be the hero, man. Be be the hero. Whatever yeah. your little adventure is, even if it's not slicing down invincible ice blocks, even if it's not anything epic, yeah, be the hero you can be the hero story. in your everyday little adventure, you know? You know, that's so interesting. This keeps popping up, and I hope I didn't bring this up on a prior episode recently because I haven't been able to re-listen to our recordings the past maybe three or four times. I've, we've finally moved, and I'm finally settling in. You can Yeesh. get back to content and get back to, the, you know, the usual uh, here at the Never Ending Adventure podcast world. Um, but your story keeps popping up in different conversations and in different parts of um, my life where I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about like what's not happening or, or what I thought would be happening or they thought mm-hmm. would be happening with their life or whatever right now. And it was just really great to hear them say, you know, like some great advice they heard a long time ago was, they basically just said, that's not your story. You yeah. know, and, and you can be the hero of your own story, sure, but but just know like when you're bummed about something, like that's just not your story. Like you're gonna have your own story as long as you're you're fighting and pushing and working hard and all that and and living the way that you feel is appropriate and right and morally uh correct. Like you're gonna have your own story. And I I love that. Every now and then uh this week I've kind of thought of like I'm working or I'm doing something. I'm like, why am I doing this? And I'm like, this is part of my story. I'm Mm. I'm building up to what will be my tale one day. And for the ice, the snow golem, ice golem, you know, he, he had his story and this was probably a big part of it and a really cool episode about it. Yeah. That like every, every thing is going to be part of your adventure, whether it's, mundane or whether it's, um, gosh, to tie this in with my recommendation of the week actually was listening to, um, armchair expert with Dax Shepard. Um, he was doing an interview with Lily Reinhardt from uh, Riverdale this last week. And they said something great that pertains to exactly what you're saying. It's that if you're waiting for something to happen in your life, to live your life, like if you're waiting on, uh, I think they were talking about it with Lily Reinhardt and, and, you know, make, making her big break or whatever. If you're waiting for that moment to live your life, you're not living your life, you know? And I was yeah. like, but that's, yeah, I was like, dang, that's, that, that makes you sit and think. And that's, uh, so that, that's my wreck of the week is go listen to armchair expert. Dak Shepard. Um, with Without Dak Shepard, a paddle yeah. star, Dak yeah, Shepard. Dude, he's, he's phenomenal. Uh, after his, I guess he, he talks a lot about when he got clean, but that guy, Great interviewer, really deep thoughts about life. And uh, his co-host um, is actually from Duluth, Georgia. And Jackie went to high school with her. 
Oh, that's so cool. Well, I'll have to check it out. I've had a coworker say the same thing that it's it's really a great podcast. I also hear their like relationship because he's married to Buffy the uh, Chris, Vampire Slayer, correct? Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell? Yeah, Kristen Bell. We not, not, right not Buffy. No. Yeah, you're thinking about somebody else. You're right. I'm thinking of someone else. Who's I'm looking it up. I'm 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 unsure if that's true or not. <laughs> Ned, entertain entertain people, please. Yes. Uh, 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 bebop, bloop, blop, bleep, It's Kristen Bell. You stink. All right, uh-huh. fine. I don't think Kristen, Kristen Bell was the Buffy. In fact, no. I know. Because Chris, or the Buffy the Vampire Slayer is married to Freddie Prince Jr. And I know that because they are in the live-action Scooby-Doo movie and they're married and he's Fred <laughs> and she's Daphne. Anyways, oh man, we gotta give our on. viewers a break from Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> it's spooky season, man. It We're is spooky in season. It. You gotta be are... down for a Scooby Doo right now. That's it's true. gonna happen. Gotta... What's what's your wreck of the week? My wreck is actually I revisited the first episode of Naruto recently. Oh. And it is such a good episode. I'm not even talking about Shippuden. I'm talking about the original Naruto series. It does so much well. And I've just kind of listed my thoughts. It's, it introduces the Naruto world, right, with the ninjas and everything. It sets the expectations for action so you know what you're getting out of the show. You see the, the main character and many other characters fighting and just the incredible powers that they have, the magic, if you will. The main character, you hear his nendo throughout the entire first episode. He wants to be the first Hokage. No one else believes that he can his mentor and then him and their connected history. That is what happened to his mentor's parents. Um, It also dives deep into, which I'm leading into with his mentor's parents dying from the dark secret that the village kept from Naruto the entire time, his entire life, which is that he has the demon Fox spirit in his stomach or within him, not really in his stomach. It's it's a masterclass, in my opinion, of how to create a great first episode for a show to introduce the show and get people's attention. And you're just so hooked. And even the intro song is so good. I I, I got hyped. I watched that and I was just like, man, this is why as a kid I love this show so much. It's great. Right, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an assignment next week though. Because oh, I gosh. think you did one you did one piece as your last wreck. You, you can't so come can't with the anime. anime. <laughs> you can't come with anime for your next wreck. Oh, however, man. however, it is great. I do appreciate it. I ch- it's more of a challenge than a uh than a, than a ripping on you per se. That's fair. All right. I won't do anime next next <laughs> episode or anything anime adjacent, even. Oh, that's gonna be hard. But it's gonna I'll, be hard. It's yeah. gonna be hard. That sounds right. good. Well, this well, has been, be- yeah, this is going to make top three of the top, top three of season three. I'm, I'm almost certain wow. of it. So it's been a fun right. episode. Been good. Been good to talk to you. you guys. I don't know about me. I don't know about myself. We'll see. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll I'm, see. But you I'm know, we have some heaters coming in at the end of this. Oh, we, we, uh, we got some heaters, AKA flame princess coming up. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm excited. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us and listening and commenting and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you view the podcast. Give us a review. Let us know you did, and we'll send you a sticker for free of, of the podcast artwork. Um, like, Thank you so much. Your help and support means so much. Uh, I already told you where you can follow us on Instagram, on uh 
email us. Your, we have TikTok, we have Twitter, we have all the works, you know, as much as we can, at least YouTube. Um, and we'll be back next Tuesday, I guess. Next Thank Tuesday. Thank you all so much and party forever. Love the you guys. Thank you.